sponsored by Pacific Coast Wealth Management. Now that everyone's back on tour making some money, you know, you might need a financial advisor or need some advice. Pacific Coast Management is where you're going to find that. And we have a special guest here, of course, the one and only Kim DiCello. Kim, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the to the beautiful uh, set where we have a nice day outside, of course. Looking good. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a pretty interesting window setup we yeah. have going on here. People love it. People love the little sandcast studio here. Yeah. It's nice and cozy. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. House. We're we're one week in to the season. Um, yes. Is it? Do you feel back? Like, because I know you missed a little bit. Is it? Did you? Yeah. How was it in Huntington? Was it like? Because I, I know you played a couple, like the FIVB in uh, in Mexico, mm-hmm. and a little bit. But I feel like AVP is just a little bit different vibe. It's like it's kind of like home for American players. Yeah, yeah. It feels really different. You know, the the FIE in Mexico was a kind of last minute thing. I wasn't expecting to play, and there was an injury. Irene asked me to step in and sub and no expectations I wasn't fully prepared I went into it knowing I wasn't fully prepared Mm -hmm. and it was kind of just this fun challenge of can I find a way to win even though I'm not at my best because a lot of times as athletes we're not at our best and that's always the challenge to kind of figure it out and still find a way to win so it had that kind of lightness and and um fun aspect to it of just kind of going in there right nothing to lose and just a fun experience to be out there um coming back to Huntington felt different because there had been a lot more time to prepare uh to work together on building a team and to come into it you know ready to go yeah and it felt amazing to be out there and to be back Mm -hmm. I really missed it and a question I got often while I was out with the baby was, are you going to come back or not? Right. And you know, it's no matter how much you think about, how, you know, well, this is what it'll be like to have a kid or a baby. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. So I speculated. I think after I have a baby, I'll want to come back. Right. Um, but I didn't know if I'd actually would. And after being out there in Huntington this weekend, it definitely solidified that for me that, you know, I love the sport. I want to be out there. I want to be competing. But I'm also not yet where I want to be. Right. What was it about uh, Huntington that made you get that feeling? Or was it just kind of a holistic, just everything about the experience? I don't know if there's anything in particular. It was actually just competing. But not competing in practice and mm-hmm. not competing right. in a you know little local tournament here or there. But um, competing in a, a big tournament, a big yeah. professional event. Um, there's... As much as you try, you can't really recreate that in a practice environment yeah, or setting. for sure. And it felt like that's the first time since I stopped competing at four months pregnant. So the first time in over a year and a half that I was like really in that space. Yeah. That's and amazing you, that you can compete at four months pregnant. <laughs> yeah, no one knew. That's crazy. <laughs> Emily Stockman was the only one as my partner who right. knew. But we were down in Australia when I was... Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. International, too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And how much time did you have to take, like, fully away from training and volleyball and all that? I was lucky with my pregnancy where I could train up until about six months, mm-hmm. still on the sand. Wow. Um, so then the last four months, three, four months before the baby came, and then... Uh, about three months after that, so wow. about seven months off the sand. It's pretty impressive. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and now that you're back, obviously things are never going to be the same. No, <laughs> never again. But uh, what are some of the uh, changes uh, now that you have to manage both this yeah. career and another life form? Yeah, it's something I've been thinking through recently is, mm-hmm. you know, you, you change and these changes happen and then sometimes it takes a little bit of time to process and understand how you've changed. Totally. And, you know, what I've realized is since the baby was born, I spent, you know, from the, when the baby was born till Huntington was, um, 10, 10 and a half months. And before the baby, I was this really intense, fierce competitor. Yeah. And not angry, but maybe a little feisty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think without meaning to, I probably gave a couple stare downs here or there. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Just had that, um, that fierceness and that edge. And then had this baby and spent, and that wasn't just in the sport, but also just in life. I mm. also have a job outside of volleyball where I'm known for having a pretty assertive, aggressive <laughs> style. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, you know, in my relationship with my husband too, you know, I'm, I'm, I work on being more sympathetic and <laughs> compassionate when right, he's sick, yeah. but I'm not the most nurturing, um, right. intrinsically, but after having the baby, oh my gosh, this flipped. And I all of a sudden have this softness and this sweetness and tenderness and patience that I had no idea was in me. I don't think anything else could have pulled it out other than the experience of having a baby. Right. So it was, it's been so interesting for me to get back on the court and all of a sudden there's like this kind of gentleness, (laughs) like this team dynamics, calmness. Yeah. And, um, I firmly believe that those qualities are things that make me a better person. And in being a better person, I can leverage those to being a better teammate and a better athlete and competing at a higher level. Mm -hmm. But I think it's going to require kind of reworking and figuring out how these pieces all fit together now. Right. Because the pieces are different than they were before the baby. Definitely. So if you'd asked me a few months after the baby, you know, what's the hardest thing? I would have said, oh, physically, you know, your core gets wrecked and right. you're trying to come back and you're like, whose body is this? And totally. I felt so unstable. And, um, but all of that stuff comes back, you know, it's incredible. I feel strong, healthy, fit. I feel fantastic now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's just kind of this mental piece of like getting that fire back. Right. And I think for me, it, competing in Huntington was one of the things that was necessary to kind of like light that fire a little bit again Mm -hmm. and help me to understand that yeah as a mom in that space you know I I am very patient and soft and kind and loving but I still also have this like fierce competitive side in me yeah it's been fun because I'm I'm working on a a Mother's Day story just on moms and beach volleyball and it's fun just talking I talked to Janelle Allen and um Delinquist um, yeah. sisters, and then so uh, and Carrie, who yeah. found out that she was pregnant with I think Scout during the 2012 Olympics. Uh-huh. Um, so that's an interesting time to find out you're pregnant. But it's funny Definitely. to see that just it it impacts everyone very differently. Yes, because Carrie was talking about it. She's like, yeah, when I had kids, I just like she fell in love with the game even more just because like it was more, like she got so much more joy out of it too, where she yeah. was able to see just like 
how great being able to do this is. And yeah. it's just, it's fun to see the different perspective flips yeah. that, it, that it adds to people's yeah. lives. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't predict it. Right. You know, you can't plan it. You, there's no way to, to know how that experience is going to change you. But it's, yeah. it's really cool to find this whole nother dimension to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know with one thing that, I mean, that women have to go through that guys don't is the timing of a pregnancy. Because, yeah. you know, like if a guy's like wife is pregnant, he doesn't have to take, you know, a year, a year and a half off. Mm-hmm. Know, to have the baby, like he's just supportive, mm-hmm. yep. you know. Yep. And he might take a couple of weeks off when it's yeah. newborn. But um, how do you go about just time? Like, what's that discussion like? Yeah, uh, I would have no idea. I yeah. wouldn't be able to empathize. Well, so. so my husband and I were married eight years before we had a baby, and you know, I joked I would have had a baby a lot earlier if he could have carried it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And now when people ask when we're gonna have our second, I say, well, yeah. if Mark could carry it, we'd have another one now. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's, I, you can't really time it. There's, yeah. and there's no good time. Everyone says there's no good right. time. And, yeah. and that was, that was certainly my experience because a lot of things are put on hold. Right. And then, especially for the mom, once the baby's born, that's your number one priority and nothing even comes close to, um, demanding that amount of attention and you don't really want to give your attention to much else other than right, that. Right. Yeah, of course. And so when is there going to be a period of time in your life when you really just have three, four months to put everything aside and just focus on right. that? Yeah. You yeah. Know? I was thinking about that. Like when you, you know, as an athlete or, I mean, any, any job you're, you want to give as much time as you can and effort towards that job to being the best you can be probably even more so as athletes, you know? Um, but then you have this kid now and does, does it feel weird when you're like, yeah, I don't really care about volleyball right now. Like it does not matter. It's so far on the back burner, but then like in the back of your mind, you're still like, but I need that to be good. Like I need that to still be great for me. Yeah. You know, how do you balance that now? Well, that certainly does tie into that, that conversation that we had earlier Mm -hmm. about not only having that kind of softness and tenderness, but also having something that feels so much more important than anything else in your life has ever felt. Um, and for me, a lot of it, um, part of it comes down to understanding that my journey in the sport already has and will continue to make me a better mom. And I'm really interested in how I can use the sport to be a better person. Mm -hmm. I really think the sport can be, and really any sport can be a platform for growing as a person. And as I'm working through that process, I'm becoming a better mom. And even some of the things I worked on in the sport before I had the baby, um, one example of just, you know, how important it is to be in the present moment when you're out there competing and not having distracting thoughts. Um, or if doubt is coming into your mind, being able to kind of quickly let that go um, and being able to stay in that space of focus for an extended period of time. You better believe you need that as a mom. Yeah, totally. <laughs> your patience gets you know, <laughs> challenged. And, and I know that I don't, I don't want to be distracted when I'm with the baby, when I'm having quality time with the baby, I want to be fully immersed in that moment, Mm -hmm. connecting with him and in his world with him. Mm -hmm. And I think through being an athlete, like I have some of those skills and, um, I guess also the experience of childbirth 
I mean, everything <laughs> I've ever done as an athlete, <laughs> I had to call on <laughs> right. totally. to get through that too, like that mental toughness. We'll never yeah. learn that one. <laughs> okay. Oh well. Because um, you'll be in the supporting role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I think it's um, it is interesting to to be in a space where something is far more important than your sport. Mm-hmm. But um, I really firmly believe that the sport is making me a better mom, and totally. there's so many more lessons out there for me to learn beyond what I've already. Mm-hmm processed and been through yeah tim bongren put up a great post the other day because there's a there's this great picture of um tim was hitting a jump surf but yeah. in the, the foreground of the picture was his son a little backwards hat like watching nice. dad yeah <laughs> and, and he was saying you know like it's so great being able to win He's like, but it's way more important to like be a good example for like the kid who's watching me right there and, and like Tim's like the greatest, one of the greatest humans I've ever met. Totally. I can't wait yeah. to be like Tim Bob yeah. when I grow up. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but I think like that's a perspective that parents get is that like, it's so, you know, it's so much more than winning, you know, especially mm-hmm. in beach volleyball where like, you know, the tangible rewards are so little that it's, there has to be something more like internally driven. So it's, yeah. it's fun to see like the value that parents get out of stuff like that. That's yeah. what I was thinking yeah. when you, when you first said like how it changed, you, you just like snapped into being a different, more caring person. I'm like, my first thought is like, I guess now everything you do is going to rub off on this other person. So now you're like yeah. thinking twice. It's not all about you. It's like, yeah. well, I could snap right now, but I don't want to teach the, my little person that. So yep. I'm going to choose to do things this way now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's wild. I'm gonna have to count how many different references we can have to like child. We have like this little person, little thing running around there. I think I would have referred to it as an it before I actually <laughs> had the baby. Yeah, yeah. The little alien <laughs> uh, brewing in me. Yeah. <laughs> thing what's, what's your son's name again? Luca. 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 Okay. Nice. Yeah. Like how'd you, how'd you yeah. land on Luca? Um. So, my husband's full Italian. That is a great name. And so, yeah, we wanted an, an Italian name. And the last name is DiCello. So, Luca okay. he has a very Italian name, Luca Anthony DiCello. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the poor guy got my pale skin. So, <laughs> he doesn't look, doesn't look too Italian yet. But um, there, I had liked the name for a while, and I hadn't told my husband yet that it was mm-hmm. a name I was really interested in. And uh, my husband's absolute favorite food is pizza. And we were out at a pizza place that was owned by an Italian man named Luca. <laughs> so the pizza was really good. And that's why my husband was interested. Perfect in. timing. You're going to have to take Luca to the pizza place and be like, this is the guy you're named after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He makes a damn good pepperoni pizza. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, what about your, um, uh, that first FIVB experience, did it kind of spark, uh, or do you know what direction you want to go now in terms of international? And cause I'm sure actually, no, there's pregnancy points, points right? Yeah. So how did, uh, how did those pregnancy points work now? Uh, and what are your goals going forward internationally? Yeah. So I haven't actually dug into the points and where I'm at and all oh, okay. of that. Nice. Um, there are pregnancy points that I do have. Yeah, but is it watered down? Like, yeah, I know I think the injury it's 70, points. I think you lose 25 percent, and okay. then also the last season I played, I believe finishes were worth a little bit less. 
Okay, so you're in my boat. Yeah. I think I had the pregnant <laughs> I thought they would have more, you know, mercy for the pregnant like, women. Yeah. Like, Adjust to the rate of inflation. Type well, deal. totally that, but yeah, um, yeah that's yeah. exactly what I had to deal with. Yeah. And I'm still adding finishes. But yeah, I, I have like Grand Slam fifths that are worth less than a four star 17th now. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. I have, a, I have a, my worst finish right now is a Grand Slam fifth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a five star. But I got paid as much as like winning an AVP yeah. or like winning a four star. Yeah, it's a give and take. Well, yeah, but it's, it's just crazy how yeah, yeah. the inflation's yeah. changed over yeah. over time. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that's so why I was kind of interested. There. I'm like, have you looked at that yet? Yeah, or yeah. know which route you want to go? Because you yeah. did play one event so far. Yeah, mm-hmm. I played that one, and I'd like to jump into some others later on Get this back season. Into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but for me, I'm not... I don't really see focusing on the points as bringing much value right now. Yeah, totally. It will impact what I can and cannot get into. Right. But I'll wait until the opportunity feels right Mm -hmm. for me to step back in and do that. And I did sign up for a couple international events earlier in this season with the intention of going. And when it came time to actually book the flight and commit to doing it, I wasn't ready to be away from Luca yet. Totally. And again, it, like that surprised me as well. Because before the baby came, I thought, oh, no problem. My baby's right. born. Right. My husband's awesome with kids. You yeah. know, we co-parent. He's really helpful. Yeah. Mark will take the baby. I'll take off. <laughs> you yeah. <know? laughs> It'll be nice. And, a little yeah. vacation. But I'm loving it so much mm-hmm. that I didn't want to miss out during that time. And then I'm also still nursing the baby. So there's a lot of totally. logistics with right. that. Yeah. Um, that are very challenging when you're halfway across the world or totally. on an airplane for 15 hours. You know, <laughs> yep. So, um, it just, I thought I would be ready at that time, but I wasn't. And so I'm going to give myself whatever length of time I need to Till it feels right. and feel good. Yeah. That's the cool thing about our sport too, is that you can play late into your thirties, even forties yeah. for some of these athletes. So yeah. it's not like your prime is gone. Totally. In your, you know, when you're 33, like a basketball player, yeah, uh, you're like an old veteran if you're yeah. past 32, 33. Yeah, like Ricardo. Ricardo, yeah, exactly. He had such a great season down in Brazil. Totally, yeah. still going. Yeah, Hayden's still on the world tour. Got yeah. a silver, silver's bronze, bronze medal down in Malaysia, I believe. Yeah, bronze. And that was okay. under tough conditions. Was it? I don't Malaysia? Yeah, was it? Scorching heat. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Don't hit that skip button, y'all. We'll be right back here after a word from our sponsors who keep the show going. And first off, since it's AVP season, we're going to lead off with our guys from Wilson. Everybody knows who makes the best beach volleyball in the game. That is Wilson Volleyball. So since we're in the middle of AVP season, it's time to head over to wilsonvolleyball.com. And you can use our discount code WILSONSAND to get 20% off. So sometimes when you need a rack of 10 volleyballs, that can add up quick. Take 20% off with Wilson Sand to play the best volleyball in the game. Also brought to you by our guys at Firefly Recovery. 
Recovery is becoming a, a much bigger thing in the sport of beach volleyball and in just science in general. And our guys at Firefly have it down. For those of you who work in an office job or just do a lot of traveling, that's the best part of Firefly because you can use it as you're sitting down, whether it be in an office, whether it be in a car, whether you, if you're stuck on the 405 in that gnarly traffic or in Austin, as I was recently down there, they got some bad traffic there. So just strap on one of those Fireflies and it will help you recover by stimulating the blood flow in whatever area you need to have recovered. It's awesome. I use it all the time, especially on the overseas flights, either for snow volleyball, for Nursekas or whatever. It keeps my knees and legs feeling great, so I'm sure it'll do the same for you. So check out fireflyrecovery.com to learn how you can recover at home, in the office, wherever you need it. Now that we have some prize money on the AVP tour, people making some money, they should learn what to do with that money, and you can find that at Pacific Coast Wealth Management. They're big helpers for the Laguna Beach Open, which is annually the best CBVA out there, and they can help you figure out your finances with smart planning, whatever you need in terms of finances, Pacific Coast Wealth Management has you. Now for our Pacific Coast Wealth Management sponsored Olympic rankings, uh, we have Triborn and Trevor Crab are our number one ranked USA team in the race for Tokyo 2020, followed by Billy Kalinske and Miles Evans and Theo Bruner and Reed Pretty. On the women's side, our, we have a lot. We have, have a stacked lineup up there. Number two in the world for the race to 2020 is Alex Kleiman and April Ross, who recently won a four-star in Itapema, Brazil. So congratulations to them. Number three overall and number two for the U.S. is Kerry Walsh Jennings and Brooke Sweat, closely followed by Emily Day and Betsy Flint, Kelly Larson, Emily Stockman, Sarah Hughes, and Summer Ross. The U.S. is loaded on the international scene for the women. So that is our Pacific Coast Wealth Management Olympic race update of the day of the podcast. So we will now get back to our show. Enjoy. And as always, if you enjoy the show, give us a review on iTunes, on Podbean, wherever you listen to this podcast. It helps us a ton, and we just appreciate you guys listening. Wow. Yeah. Challenging conditions. But that's cool. That's, uh, I think that sounds like a good idea. You know yeah. if someone's like on the right path when they're just like following their gut? Not yeah. like forcing like, I got to go down this path because I yeah. decided two years ago that I was doing it. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like I'm loving my life right now and where I'm at and, and being a part of this. And so I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. And I'm, I'm a big believer in just kind of bending and flexing and adapting as you go. And totally. Understanding every situation is going to be different and mm-hmm. having that flexibility. I feel like that's such a valuable trait to have as a parent. Yeah, for sure. Super flexible, especially <laughs> with a parent who has a career that like will take you to multiple cities domestically and internationally in the same year, and just think that flexibility is key. Yeah, yeah. Will Austin be Luca's first trip? He's not gonna make the trip oh, out. He's not coming. Um, so as I mentioned before, I guess we started the podcast. My husband uh, flipped over the handlebars of his bike on uh, Thursday yeah. last week and broke his arm. Brutal. So it would be pretty tough for me to be on the court competing and him to take care of the baby with one arm. <laughs> just football yeah. and Luke I wouldn't want to see what that diaper change looks like. <laughs> so he's going to hang back with the okay. family. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, it'll, it'll be nice for me to go and have a little yeah. time to just really focus in on, on the sport yeah. for this and, and your partner is also one of my favorite people that I met since I moved out here. Um, how did you and Katie Spieler uh, end up getting together because I mean, you played Mexico with Irene yeah. so I didn't know if that was like the beginning of a partnership or just a, kind of the injury feeling as you mentioned but you landed on a good one I'm a big fan yeah. of, of your choice she's fantastic Katie is Katie is great um, 
we just started training together, I guess. Um, as I was getting back into things, I would set up some sessions with purely just drills, knowing that I needed a lot of touches and wanted to get my feet back in the sand. And that girl is always down to train. Yeah. <laughs> any day of the week, any time. Yeah. <laughs> get out there with some balls and she if you want to serve for an hour straight or pass for two hours straight or she's there she's working hard she's focused she's positive and she's 100% in it so um we had a lot of situations where we just kind of ended up doing a bunch of drilling and training and that sort of thing and uh, I guess it eventually evolved into a partnership yeah she just hustles she just zooms around back there just digs everything oh yeah how's the uh how's the chemistry coming on because I know that um, you've had a, a decent amount of partner switching, so I, it seems like you're, you're able to develop chemistry pretty quick. Just from I was looking at your 2014 and 15 seasons, where you know between Lane and and uh, who is also uh, just a new mom. Yeah. Um, so congrats yeah. to Lane. That's right. Um, but between Lane and Kendra, you had a lot of a lot of success with both of them. So it seems like you're able to pick up kind of good chemistry with partners pretty fast. Yeah. Um. I guess I might look past on the outside. Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. But I really love the team dynamic in our sport. And I remember speaking to another athlete once who was frustrated by team stuff going on and just said, I just wish we played an individual sport. (laughs) And my thought was, I would never want that to be. The, The value that I get out of the experience of being on a team is so great and Mm. it can be frustrating and challenging, but I welcome those frustrations and challenges because through them you develop these really strong, um, connections with the people that you compete with. And, you know, I'm still really close with Lane and Emily and Kendra, the the partners that I've competed with in the last few years. Mm -hmm. And it's a relationship that's different from any other relationship that you have with anyone else yeah. because you've battled together and you've been through those good times and bad times and they've seen right. your best, they've seen your worst. So, you know, for me going into a new partnership, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in learning what I can do to help bring out the best in Katie. Um, cause I want to bring out the best in my teammate. And, you know, we are talking about kind of as, as a mom, how does, um, being an athlete inform what you're doing as a parent or as a parent inform what you're doing as a mom. Like I want this to be in all areas of my life. Yeah. I want to bring out the best in my husband. I want to bring out the best in my sisters, my friends, my little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so doing it on the volleyball court is just another space where I get to do that with there being you know, a competitive environment and maybe some pressure, high stakes, yeah. different fun things like yeah. that. <laughs> um, and you know, I think the skills kind of slowly been developing. There's times when I probably haven't been very good at it. Maybe some of my previous partners would even agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> but I hope that I'm moving in the direction towards yeah. um, getting better and better at that. I think your uh, your skills uh, in terms of, like we talked about earlier, being able to adapt, you know, that's certainly like a huge skill set to have when playing and having to switch partners every once in a while. Because, I mean, I just switched partners too, so I'm learning like, all the things that I thought were my strengths before, I can't exactly use with my new partner, you know? Yeah. So you have to be open to, like, changing your game, even though you're like, but I was so good at this one thing before. Yeah. Why don't you just do it? But, like, yeah. I can't ask Trevor to play, like, John Hyden. Yeah. Like, that's such opposite styles. So, really, it's so valuable for me to adapt 
to what's best for this specific partner. Yeah. Then you learn that, oh, I'm just as good. You know, I have all these other strengths, and you know, yeah. It's it's cool to be open and and be able to learn that skill set as well. And I know I've had times where, with a partner switch, I started to have some self doubt. Like, wow, I used to be really good with this in that partnership, but now I'm not very good at it anymore Mm -hmm. in this partner. You know, what's going on? And kind of having to work through, like it it demands that you step up your game. Yep. You know, so it's kind of cool that you have this experience of being on the court with different people because then you're slowly layering these new skills and capabilities into your game. Yeah. And hopefully when we're 50 and still playing, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, our game is just <laughs> totally. that much more complete. Right. And I feel like that's probably one of the reasons that you've had the success you've had because I know that uh, just a lot of my friends are in qualifiers with me and they look at it like an individual sport and you can see them just yeah. popping around. And, and they play can, the points game. And they play the points game. Yeah. And I think that there's a very uh, decisive reason why they're still in that, you know, one through five seed in the qualifiers and not moving up because they, they look at it as an individual sport. Whereas yeah. instead of building a team, that's John Mayer's big thing. Every time I talk to him, he's just like, just settle down, pick a guy you think you can win with and build it. Yeah. Just be really patient. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what he did with Brad Keenan. So uh-huh. I think he was playing maybe with Prosser, and then he picked up Brad Keenan. They went back into the qualifiers, missed a few, and then they came out of the qualifier and got third, and then they were just really good from there on out. It's just like, just build something. Yeah. So yeah. I love that message that you said that it's you love it how it's a team sport. It's yeah. It's not an individual yeah. sport, no matter how much you can feel like yeah. that sometimes. And what's so interesting about it is, Name one other sport where it's a team sport, but it's just one other person with this intense dynamic. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, doubles tennis, figure skating, maybe. doubles, doubles tennis, tennis, which isn't even close to as big as tennis. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's really, it's a, it's really cool that our sport has this unique dynamic that you don't really find other I've places. never thought about that, actually. Yeah, that's so, so weird. Uh, this is literally the first time. It's crazy because we've been through yeah. I feel like in the back of my mind, it's been like, yeah, there's tons of, like, double sports. Yeah. Like, <laughs> now that you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I actually, I read a book, um, Open, by uh, Great book. Andre Agassi. Yeah. And a lot of it, uh, he, in a, I mean, it's kind of like about the depressing and really hard times of his career. Yeah. And the thing he brings up a lot is that Tennis is such a lonely sport. Yes. Because it's like FIB, your coach can't be there. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they make a lot of money at the top and they can fly people around, but once you're down on the court, it's just you. And it's just yeah. you in your head and you can't talk to anyone. You can't uh, bounce ideas off anyone. You're just down there. And he, he talks about it like it's like the loneliest, most depressing thing ever. Yeah. It's, that, uh, yeah, it was a really I don't know. Book. Are you a reader? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, I don't know if you've read that one, but it's no. it's phenomenal. Really, okay. yeah, like that's one of like the list. top five ones that I read last year. That book probably. got me okay. reading. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I didn't read much before. Really, and I got into that one. I was like, all right, this is I can learn stuff. This is great. <laughs> you definitely can learn stuff by I reading. Can upload information. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I finally yeah. finished Atlas Shrugged today. Mm. That thing is 1,071 that's, pages. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I might not get to, to any 1,000-page books. Man, I don't know about that. Maybe one day. <laughs> I looked up. It was like 600,000 words. I was like, that is like 10 of my books. <laughs> How long did it take you to read? Uh, I started, um, I got it for Christmas, so I started late in New Year's. And okay. it was a lot. I would like yeah. take a break and supplement with like, so I read like The Inner Game of Tennis. I don't okay. know if you read that yeah. one, but that's great for yeah. athletes. And then I finally finished it today. I was like... 
Whew. <laughs> like, it was really good. Yeah. It was a lot. <laughs> That's how um, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance was for me. Have you guys heard of that book? I've heard, heard of it. Yeah. I heard it's great. Emily made fun of me because the whole season we traveled, I had this same book with me. Is it, like, a, is like, it really long? Are you ever going to finish this? <laughs> Damn it. Um, I've been wanting to read that, but it's really long. It's... I get so It took ADD. me a while to read. Th- if you're really It'll take ADD, me three times as yeah, long as you. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's dense. Um, if you just quickly read through it, you could probably finish it. Mm-hmm. But I found the content to be dense, and I had to read and sometimes even reread mm-hmm. stuff to let it all sink in. It's a philosophy book. So yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll spark notes that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually will read, like, three-fourths of a book and be like, I feel like I get it. I'm just like, I don't want to pick the book up anymore. Yeah, well, that's pretty valuable. No. You know, if you read Mindset, like, once you read the first 50 pages, you're good. Like, yeah, I guess. Mindset's good. What you I liked about mindset. finishing the book is that it's like, it's like really imprinting it in your brain. You yeah. Know? If you read it in the beginning, you get the idea, like, that's cool, and then you forget about it. Yeah. But if you keep reading it and it keeps repeating the message, then it like really ingrains in you. So I make myself try to finish books, but... I have been known to just quit <laughs> three-fourths of the way through. I'm like, I got it. I got so it. I wonder sometimes if quitting books is a good thing or bad thing. Because on one hand, you you're deciding it's not adding value to your life anymore, and you're done with it. Right. Or on the other hand, are you not finishing? You're quitting. Something? Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder. Well, if I quit the book, it. then I tell myself that it's, you know, I'm following my gut. Yeah. I got the message, <laughs> and it's not entertaining me anymore. Yeah. And then if I finish it, then I'm like, all right, yeah. great job. You persevered. <laughs> My thing is just win, as a, win. As a yeah. writer, I'm just like, no, someone took the time to write this book. Deserves to be finished. Yeah, you got a different perspective. <laughs> I can't see that. <laughs> I actually have a really hard time not finishing a book. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want, I'll like, the bookmark to just sit in there. Like, <laughs> go back in the bookshelf and you're like, yeah. that damn bookmark. It would haunt me. It would definitely haunt me. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that you have a career outside of beach volleyball, as yeah. does almost everybody in this sport. So what, what do you do off the court? Yeah, I'm a total nerd. It's, I'm Love just going to put that out there right now. <laughs> um, That's a job? I'm really passionate about um, environmental issues and sustainability and... Um, I love Mother Earth, and I want to save her. Yeah, <laughs> so, you, you and Case, we're on at the same time. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, we totally. share that? Okay. Um, I'm a nature kid. I love being outdoors and always have, and I want to do what I can to contribute in that space. So for the last 11 years, I've been in the energy efficiency industry, and it's rad. I work with a team, and together we are committed to finding ways to help mostly commercial buildings to reduce their energy consumption. So it could be through the introduction of new technologies, new capital equipment, new control systems, or uh, it could be as simple as improving their maintenance practices, um, how they have their controls programmed. So there's a retro commissioning program that I'm um, working on right now, and then another one that's a hot water heating program that's focused on uh, saving therms gas yeah <laughs> I shouldn't talk too much about this I'm totally gonna lose all the no, <laughs> listeners cool. but cool. um yeah it's really cool I love it yeah and um, it's you can see it yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a really inspiring group of people I work with and it's amazing at the end of every year to see how many kilowatt hours or therms yeah. we've saved as a group and the impact that we've had and also helping a lot of businesses to save money 
sometimes it's um, schools that we're helping out or um, government buildings. Yeah, you know, it's nice when you can save money and save the environment at the same time. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> yeah, really. a good incentive. Yeah, totally. I'm really interested in, you know, I, I'm a tree hugger at heart, but I think the biggest impact can be made by introducing solutions that also support our economy, right. support growth, support yeah. what people are trying to do. It's kind of this like win-win intersection of what's right for the environment and also what's going to help keep our economy strong and yeah. keep people in business. Yeah, that's why I think like the greener cars are going to be the biggest in the market cuz like I got I got a Honda yeah. Civic that gets 40 miles a gallon. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, look at that. I'm saving so much money on gas cuz unfortunately I'm not like you like I don't I get my car more than once a week." Okay. And I spend a ton of money on gas or I was and then I got yeah. the Civic and I was like, "I'm saving like probably 150 bucks a month yeah. just because it's that good on gas." I don't get why electric cars have to look like electric cars. You don't like, like the look of the, the Teslas? I mean, okay, Teslas. Well, are like nice. the, the <laughs> Nissan Leaf, there's, it's not like, a good-looking car. In general, in general <laughs> yeah. you can look at an electric car, and before the Teslas came out, there's some these pretty nice ones nowadays. But you just see it, and you're like, mm, it's yeah. an electric car. I would drive it because I'd save money, but I don't want to drive that. Why can't they just make nice cars that are electric? <laughs> I feel like everyone would buy it. No one yeah. loves gas. Well, Ever? I think some of them out there are... They're getting nicer. Similar that are electric, say. but yeah. you pay a lot more for them. Or a truck. I would like so. a truck. There electric. is a rad truck that's coming out that's all electric. See, everything's going to be electric soon. It's got to be. They're, they want to move in the direction Once of electrification for all of the state of California. What a um, truck. Um, I wish I could remember the name of it. I'll go look at it and oh, send it to you. Okay, but it's perfect. a... It's kind of like the Tesla version of a truck. Oh, cool. Like, it's sleek, it's sexy, right. it's rad, it's big, it's, yeah. Nice. It's for, designed for off-roading. Like, it doesn't look like a nerdy little electric <laughs> yeah. car, you know. Self-driving, <laughs> off-roading. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> you just get to enjoy it. Nah, you'd be, you'd be bummed, though. When you're off-roading, yeah, you, 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 you want to have yeah, trail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, My dad's for runner sure. a stick shift, and I just, you know, you want to be yeah. in control. Exactly. And, that's the whole fun part of off-roading. Yeah. Or else you're just... In a really uncomfortable <laughs> ride <laughs> the whole time. Did you study like environmental science or because you went to Santa Clara? Mm-hmm. Um, is that what you focused in, or was this kind of a passion that you found a little bit after school? Um, I was always passionate about this. I did a minor in environmental studies. Okay. Um, probably mostly because there was a camping class you could take, and I wanted oh, to do nice. that. It's <laughs> yeah, a great it was class. Awesome. Yeah. Wow, what was Wait, I doing? Yeah. It was like survival <laughs> skills. Oh my and god! What yeah, we'd go out uh, into the Sierra Nevadas. And that I would have gotten an awesome. A in college, <laughs> 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 or a second A. I got A in ceramic. <laughs> Did you really? Uh, yeah. Where's your products? They're not displayed. <laughs> I know. Uh, actually, it was in the coach's office at USC. That's Mostly amazing. as a joke, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I made a beaver, so everyone was kind oh of, no, you know, teasing my beaver. Yeah, <laughs> but it made it into the school's. Uh, <laughs> it made it into the school's art show without them telling me. Really? Like they just took it from the art. Like, look, an athlete made something. Where's this beaver it, now? They put it in a glass. I think it's this. probably at SC in the assistant coach's office. You guys need to feature it on we one do, of your podcasts, for sure. What's this coral doing? Yeah. yeah. We need to try for Listen, I didn't... It's, it's a long story. Long story short, they made us make a shape. Okay. And then make another shape. And then turn those two shapes into That's another shape, shape. And then turn that into an animal. 
and it most looked like a beaver at that time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go with the thing it most looks like. <laughs> so I didn't, like, choose just to make I was like, oh, yes, I really yeah. want to create a beaver out of clay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it actually looked weird at the end, which is why I don't know why they put it in a <laughs> yeah. glass case. That's but, so funny. Yeah, anyway, that's it. But... Random awesome story. Had a survival class. How did yeah, we, how did so, we get to that? Yeah, that survival, was my environmental ceramics, studies class. Beavers. Beavers, yeah, okay, wow. Yeah. I studied finance and then I did okay. a minor environmental studies and then um, I actually took a redshirt year. Okay. So I was considering doing my MBA with the extra year but decided instead to get a um, BA in theological studies. So. Okay. Interesting combination. Totally. But Everyone like was like, are you going to do finance for the church? Or yeah. <laughs> what do you do with that combo? The right. combo of finance and the environment, especially in oh, California, especially yeah. now, is probably like that probably looks great. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty prescient move on your part. Yeah, that, I was just interested in both. But yeah. Worked out. Yeah. What, yeah. Uh, or, I mean, I'm just thinking environment, you know, big companies using a lot of energy. I mean, what do you think about the AVP tour, like being on a beach bringing in all this energy to a beach and I, I know they clean up really well after themselves and all that is there what comes to mind when you think about that I haven't really thought much about the consumption of the AVP I I it's bad I have to <laughs> kind of watch myself in social situations because I get bothered by a lot of waste oh, right, yeah. and when I see the water bottles in the boxes. Totally. <laughs> I for sure have little pet peeves yeah. where you just see how much trash and waste sometimes yeah. gets thrown around. So um, they could do like uh, water bottles like this, like refillable. Yeah, yeah. Having That'd a cooler cool. there and give, cool each a- give each athlete their you know, hydro flask or you whatever. Just ha- yeah, have one of those big jugs like right behind the... Yeah. So you just fill her up right there. Perfect. There we go. That's what I um, bet they'd adopt that. Last year, so. um, Amazon was doing these little videos. So Case Beer was walking around there asking people what their biggest pet peeve about their partner was. And so <laughs> Reed, oh gosh. Reed Pretty had these little, like, eight-ounce water bottles. Yeah. He would just, like, slam, and then he'd uh, crunch it out. And, and Case Beer was like, Reed, just, can you get a Hydro Flask? Yeah. You can refill it. You don't have to use 100 water bottles for Ed Jerry. Yeah. He's, like, getting all worked up about it. <laughs> I know. I have to, like, turn it off a little bit because sometimes if you really start looking at it, there's an excessive amount of waste all over the place. I mean, even little things, like when you get your yeah. food to go. Have you ever gone oh, food to go horrible. somewhere and you walk out with your brown bag and all the spoons and fork? You know, I mean, right. you can bring your own container. They'll put your burrito right in there. I definitely don't HMC have exactly Mexican what you're cuisine. talking about on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I never want to judge anyone, but I always like to kind of encourage everyone yeah, to yeah. be mindful about I've it. I never thought about totally. that. Totally. Yeah. There's a lot of little things that we kind of overlook that right. we all can yeah. be doing. Yeah. Those kind of changes take so much time too because people are so used to things being done a certain way. Yeah. And it takes like one person at a time to slowly buy in. Yeah. My wife actually just brought that up yesterday, the plastic bottle thing. Oh, yeah. Because we, uh, we have water in the fridge just to offer to podcast guests. Mm-hmm. But maybe we need a, a jug now, you know? Yeah. There yeah, you go. So we can we can have the beaver and have the jug next to the beaver. Yeah, totally. <laughs> We're redecorating. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> when you uh, when you graduated Santa Clara, like where did beach volleyball fit into the grand scheme of of dreams and things? Because I know for yeah. a lot of people, it's not like the most sustainable career at yeah. college. Yeah. But it's, it's a fun 
thing to do when you don't have that many responsibilities or you know mm-hmm. Luca to take care well, of. Well, you also didn't yeah. have beach volleyball back then, right? Uh, it wasn't yeah, an NCAA it wasn't sport. Even, it wasn't even on my radar. I I was so set on going overseas to play. Mm-hmm. I love and you did to a, see the world. Holland and Indonesia and Spain. Spain, yeah. Okay. So, I was really focused on. I want to live overseas. All my friends got to do the whole travel abroad thing. Yeah. As an athlete, you can't yep. see all their pictures and hear their stories. And I'm like, man, totally. I really just want to get out there and see mm-hmm. the world. So I was dead set on that and spent some time traveling, seeing the world, and um, decided I wanted to come back. It was a little tough for me doing volleyball all day, every day overseas, like double days, six yeah. days a week for you know, eight, nine months, a long European season. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like, I like having my job. I like having different things going on outside mm-hmm. of just the sport. So I came back and I thought I was done with volleyball and I got my job and started working. And every day after work, I would go to the beach and play volleyball. And I could not wait to get off work, kick off the heels, put on the bikini and run. I lived across the street from the court. So I'd run across Perfect. the streets barefoot with my one volleyball <laughs> <laughs> and I would play co-ed volleyball the sunset and then I'd jump in the ocean and go home and do it all over again the next day and there were a couple teams that were playing on tour and they asked me to come be their sparring dummy like can you just hit a bunch of balls can you serve a bunch of balls and Mm -hmm. yeah sure I'll do that kind of jumped in and do that and from there it just organically developed I was like oh I guess I'll jump you know someone asked me to play in a qualifier and I did and kind of grew from there so it wasn't you know today you see so many athletes that graduate from college and like I'm going to you know, be a pro, I yeah. want to the Olympics, that sort of thing. Or they're doing that in college now, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I think how much of a head start they have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you can see it as a head start or it's just a different experience. Totally. You know, because I think, I don't know if I would trade my indoor days for beach if I could. That, would you? That's something, no, no, you for sure. Because I feel like I gained so much experience out there. And, and yeah. some stuff that a lot of these people these players who never got to go overseas and experience the pressures of being a foreigner on a team, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, a team can hire one person in the world or two, depending on the teams, and they hired you. And they flew you across the world to their town where there's these fans that are, you're representing these fans in a random city. And it's like a pressure that you can't really simulate on the beach, especially because we don't have, we're not representing any kind of organization or, you know, so I, I think that kind of pressure, uh, that I learned how to play under was huge for what I'm doing now. Um, and yeah, I mean, just the team environment as well, Mm -hmm. uh, I think is it, there's a lot more on your plate. I feel like in that sense, Mm -hmm. but then I could also argue that on the beach, there's a lot more on our plate. It's just different. Yeah. Like you said, And, and the pressure there's a lot of pressure, I think, especially going straight out of college. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we might see a lot of, too, from the college girls is burning out pretty early because mm-hmm. they get, I mean, the college season is just reps and reps and getting in the gym and then competing and then it's AVP season and then after AVP season, they're back in the college training. And so, like, Skylar Caputo, who she made uh, semis in Seattle with Pavin uh, two years ago, she plays for Pepperdine and as soon as it was over, she's like, um, like I'm over it so she's probably going to take a while off of volleyball um, and I think like we'll probably see a lot of that but like with indoor or like you mentioned like run out of the office you were just so stoked to be able to play oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know I'm sure that's great for your perspective now too that like if you have a tough loss like you can remember like those days we just sprinted out to the beach and like this is just what we do like 
this is it just gives us a ton of joy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like when you have it as a job from the time you're really now in high school trying to get recruited for college, like that's your purpose, get a scholarship. And then scholarship to win a national championship, it's always like it's, you lose that sense of just playing for fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you always have something on the line. So I think college is great for the developmental side of things, but like you said, it's just a different experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's valuable. Yeah, and even at the, the junior level, they're playing so much. You yeah. know, when I was pregnant, I... Um, jumped in and coached a couple girls just for fun to keep me in the sport and stay involved. And they were, um, junior, senior age. And I was shocked by the number of tournaments they play each summer. Like it's, it's a lot. Tournaments are long days. I think you got to cross train too. I think that's some of the most valuable thing about my childhood was cross training. Like I didn't learn my work ethic. In fact, volleyball was the easiest thing I did. Like, all my other sports were hard. Soccer, you had conditioning. Yeah. Basketball, you have conditioning. Volleyball was like, I just went and screwed around with my friends, and it was fun. <laughs> but now that I'm, like, you know, went to college and turned professional, like, all that work ethic that I learned and being able to, you know, sustain really hard workouts. And, I mean, every sport taught me something different. Um, yeah. But I feel like that cross-training was just so valuable for me. And kids that only play one sport and have, like, the same coach yelling at them for years like they don't learn as much of that adaptability that we were talking about earlier yeah you know you have to learn how to adapt to different coaches different teammates different sports different different skill sets and movements and different muscles because we're starting it's like we're in this like era of specialization in sports it's kind of it's getting pretty bad so like acl tears i remember when i used to work at the washington post when i graduated college and we did this huge thing on um ACL tears for women's basketball players jumps up like 20% every year because kids are just playing year-round, so you're just using that like same muscle, mm. whereas if you were playing like basketball and softball and soccer and then, you know, whatever else you would want to play, like you're just using your muscles in different ways. Like we were yeah. just talking about like uh, the ACL tears at University of Maryland for the quarterbacks. It's just yeah. like they're just overdeveloped in some spots because they don't develop all the other muscles from cross-training. Another interesting one that came up, a friend of mine's a collegiate coach, and she had, I want to say, four or five girls on her team with a labral tear in their hip in at college age. Cool. And, I, I mean, it's Weird. likely, a, yeah, but I would think it's it could very well be due to overuse yeah. and um, kind of just competing in one sport only and overdeveloping certain muscles and not having that balance. Yeah. It's the yeah. same coach in the same program? You could yeah. also argue, like, I mean, they're running the same kind of drills year over year. So yeah. that whatever move that is yeah. that bothers that specific thing, they just keep pounding that specific thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. When did, uh, when did you see Beach start to take a little bit bigger of a role? Because you were, you were the sparring dummy for a little bit. Yeah. And then you were kind of you're in and out of qualifiers, making a couple main draws. I feel like yeah. 2014 seemed like kind of a breakout for you. Cause yeah. that, is that when you started playing with Lane? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I played with Teal, um, Teal Hunkis, and she's no longer on tour. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we, it was probably around when I started um, playing with the Elite Development Program and okay. kind of got outside of just the San Diego t- scene and was driving up to LA for training and then started to you know, get involved with some of the other athletes that were um, up in this area. So I think it was probably a little higher level of competition and no, but I actually think I made the biggest jumps in my game in 2013, but 
alignment with partners or for whatever reason results didn't show it in that year Mm -hmm. but I think that's where I had the most growth as an athlete and then it was almost as though the results came the following year which I think sometimes happens in the sport with athletes so um in 2014 things you know lined up with a couple great partnerships with TL and with Lane um and that's when everything kind of came together yeah in 2014, you had to have set a record for most Norsekas played in a season. I was looking at you played eight. <laughs> Did I really? Yeah. <laughs> so many. The Caribbean tour. We had so much fun. <laughs> so this was before I even knew that much. So you guys have to understand, I literally came from being the sparring dump. Like, I didn't really know anything about right. the sport. Yeah. It was AVP. I didn't really know what FIVB was. So there was a point when I had enough, I guess I had enough points through Norsekas to be getting into... Grand Slams, but I wasn't mm-hmm. registering for them. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even hey, hey. really know about them or <laughs> the process for signing up or wasn't really involved with USA Volleyball at the time. So um, I just we were just having a good time. Teal and I were going to the Cayman Islands. <laughs> we were going to... I've heard that's a great trip. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, plus Norsecas were worth more back then, so it made yeah. more sense. Yeah. Right? Well, and I had zero points at the start of the season because oh, wow. I had done no international. There you go. So it was just, yeah. But now Norseka is like... You could go win Steve, every Norseka. Steve Cleveland of a one star. Okay, so you win yeah. every Norseka yeah. and you'll be eligible for two stars. Yes, we <laughs> like, when I, I got second and got ninety points, which so which wasn't enough to get me and Hagen in a two star earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So me and Kyle were going to La Paz. Uh, we're, yeah. skip, we're doing La Paz instead of New York. So you, know, um, you can swim with the whale sharks there. <laughs> you got to do it. Oh, what? Is that a thing? They'll set it up for you. Yeah, no way. The promoters will. Yeah. I've it's always wanted rad. to swim with whale sharks. Well, you need to go to La Paz. And real sharks. I didn't know whale Actually, sharks was a thing. That, There's a direct flight out of Tijuana. If you you didn't know whale sharks a thing? No. Dude. What? They're, <laughs> they're, they're literally massive. <laughs> whales yeah. that are sharks. Yeah. Who is, I think... Stafford was on that trip as well. Probably. That's like a bucket he's, list he's for so many Norsekas. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we they, had the GoPro with us. Do they let just, you swim like out and away yeah, from the, the boat? boat and yeah, the boat will go, you know, the little shark swimming, right? And the boat will kind of go in front and stop and then you jump off. Right. So there's a point, I think I swam under and then looked up and the whale was kind of way That's over. what I want to do. Amazing. Are these yeah. like, so they have like the personalities of whales, like they're not yes. going to, okay. They're very mellow. Yeah. They're probably even more mellow than whales. Yeah. They don't even seem to mind that you're yeah, there. Yeah, they just cruise. Yeah. And you just have to swim real hard to keep up with them and I think I got a hamstring cramp at one point because I had fins on too and I'm like trying to, you know. You race a, a whale. You get a yes. plan. Race a whale. Sorry, Teal. You're going to have the option a lot. Try to catch a shark. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have a hamstring yet. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, but definitely do it. I want to do that trip now. Yeah. Good, yeah. good to know. Yeah. Anytime I go on a Norsega, I'm going to shoot you a text and say, how's this yeah. Yeah. Totally. you got to seek out adventure wherever you go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mountain biking in Stodd, that's... I, I hear that that's great. Yeah. yeah. I actually haven't done that yet. I didn't even... Well, you're I've probably going really deep in the tournament, so... Uh, yes. Last time I had a day off, though. Oh, you did have and a day off? Okay. And we tried to catch the gondola up to the top, but it was, like, closed, and uh, I think I was too lazy to bike. You can take a bike on the gondola up, and then you just ride. Bike down. Yeah, we might have been trying to do that, where you just ride down, but yeah. I didn't get to do it. Mm. We'll be back. We'll be back. But we'll be winning. So hopefully we can't. Exactly. First. You always hope you can't. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. It's a win-win.
The uh, I think the first time I saw you play was 2016 New Orleans uh, when you were playing with Kendra. Yeah. Um, that was the first AVP I ever went to. Um, wow, awesome. And so that was... You that was bad Gina. weather out there. Yeah. For your well, that was, that was when yeah, the qualifier was shortened to games to 11, oh, 11, and 7. Yeah. I was like, all right, this is, this is what I'm getting into. Did you qualify? <laughs> no. That was oh. like my first qualifier. I was okay. really bad. Okay. Um, we lost 7-5 uh, in the third set. But uh, like that's when you started questioning our sport. Like, (laughs) why do people do this? Maybe I should write a book about it. (laughs) They gotta have a good reason. (laughs) (laughs) But um, like when you started playing, did you envision yourself like winning an AVP? Um, Because that was a big jump. No way. I think when I started playing, I. Vision myself maybe qualifying if I had a yeah. good day at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, uh, yeah, there's a, a good friend of mine down in San Diego who um, runs a beach volleyball club and had been in the sport for a long time. And she will joke about the first time she met me when I came out to practice and how absolutely terrible I was. There's <laughs> 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 no ball control. And, um, you know, and I, I I don't remember being that bad, but yeah, I remember looking up to the girls that would sometimes qualify, sometimes not, right. like mm-hmm. being like, "Oh, maybe one day I'll yeah. get into totally. one of these tournaments." You seem like someone so. who, when you're, if you're not, I don't want to say like you're bad at something, but not quite as good as those around you, that like you're like, "I gotta get good at this." Do you have that drive? Yeah, for sure. I love a good challenge. Yeah, I love a good challenge, and actually, like I prefer that I'm you know, not the best one on the court in any given situation right. so that totally. I can be striving to bring more out of myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good mindset to have, especially in this sport where like you're not going to win everyone. Yeah. 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 What's your process after losing like in Huntington? Like how do you um, kind of absorb that and take it and learn from it? Because I feel like everybody does that a little bit differently. Yeah. And I've also done it differently at different points in right. my career. Um I think there was a time, probably at the height of my <laughs> intensity and in how I approached the sport, I think <laughs> I chucked a few water bottles all the way. Yeah. Whereas in Cincinnati, um, you know the tennis center there? Yeah. They used to have events there. Yep. They had an FIVB there, and I think I like marched up the stairs of the stadium and just crushed this water bottle and chucked it all the way down the pavement. <laughs> um, but I've calmed down quite a bit since yeah. then. <laughs> Maybe I'm maturing. Um yeah, I think, I mean, immediately after, it's nothing better than a jump in the ocean. That's exactly, a beeline. Just, Just for it. yeah. Um, it, it can be challenging to have really productive thoughts immediately after the match ends. Mm-hmm. Um, because there can be high emotion, there's adrenaline, um, and then feelings of disappointment, maybe anger. So I like to recognize that that's an emotionally charged moment. And it might not be the best one to kind of the best time to break everything down. um, So I'm a little more neutral now um, where I will kind of just wait to calm down. And and I'm while I'm waiting to kind of calm down and stuff, I'm sitting with disappointment and it's heavy and I feel it. I feel it in my body. I feel it in my skin. Like I, I don't like that feeling at all. Right. But I acknowledge that there's really not that much you can do about it. Like you can't make it disappear and 
you can't ignore it or pretend it's not there. And it's also not really the best time to try to pull too many productive things out of the situation. So yeah. I'll just kind of let it sit a little. Um, Katie and I sat on the sand after the, after our loss and, um, just kind of chatted about things. I, I think it depends on the partnership too, because you need to respect your partner's process after a loss as well. And, um, she seemed to be in a comfortable, clear space where we could kind of just chat about a couple things here or there and then connect about it again in practice. Yeah. But I mean, you kind of, you have to just figure out what needs to change, what you need to do differently, and then come in super motivated, motivated that week in practice and just get after it. Yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, you guys are mentioning books you like. There's a book I really like called the art of learning and one of the things that's mentioned in that book is, um, you know, imagine if you could never make the same mistake twice, right? Like, you just think about in the sport. If right. you, know, you might be working on something, like, what if once a coach points it out to you and you want to fix it? Like, that's the last time you make that mistake, you know? And, it, and I know that's not possible necessarily all the right. time. Right. But it's that's something that thought. I aim yeah, for. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because then you're like, oh, wow, I really need to embrace learning from this because I don't get to do it again. Yeah. And it's like an opportunity rather than a, I don't know, whatever yeah. else. That's pretty yeah. cool. And I then actually, how can you not let whatever happened in that situation that led to that loss, how can you not let that happen again? Like, don't, you know, don't make the same mistake twice. You, right. know, you might lose again the next weekend for a different reason, but okay, but like, let's fix whatever is going on before. Hmm. I like that. I actually did read, or uh, I audiobooked that one. Okay. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was awesome. It was a long time ago now, so um, I don't even remember that point, but it makes me want to go back and read it again. I loved that book, though. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. yeah. That guy is fascinating. Fascinating. What's what's his name? Josh Um, Waitzkin. Yeah. Yeah. He's like borderline genius. Actually, you know what? Chessmaster, right? Exactly. Exactly. And then he went on to be the Tai Chi world champion exactly. listen to a couple podcasts that he's been on uh, he's been on Ferris's yeah. yeah I read that book and I started doing Tai Chi this past year did you really I just was like tell me about the experience of doing Tai was, Chi I'm curious about it's it it's awesome and it wasn't what he's doing like yeah. he's doing push hands which is like a competition and all that yeah. um, but yeah the way he talked about um, being able to sense his like opponent's uh, you know, anticipate his opponents and like all that stuff. I was yeah. like, what if I could do that in volleyball? Like, would, I would be the master. <laughs> well, in the book, he talks about taking an action when his opponent blinked. Yeah, like, exactly. You're that in tune exactly. with the littlest. I was things. like, if I could get a yeah, they're like it's like Jedi stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like waiting is, for you is. to blink. <laughs> he's playing chess, but like where he's like five moves ahead. Yeah. And he's like, if I shift my shoulder like this, you're going to do that. And then, but you know that I'm doing that and then you're going to do this, but it's all happening in like one second and they just throw each other to the ground. Like, boom. And they just like are on their backs. Like, whoa, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, for me, that's, that was the book that made me like, I got to go learn at least 1% of this, whatever it is. Um, It was amazing experience actually. I was also getting, it was the point where I wasn't allowed to work out with yeah, my whole health yeah. issue. So I um, figured, like, wow, I can be, I can move at least. It's very slow. Yeah. But I can at least move and, like, get in tune with my body. And, um, I mean, I use it now 
a lot, especially now that I'm playing defense. Uh, just being balanced and efficient when you're doing Tai Chi is like they're teaching you that you can make corrections as you're doing it because you're going so slow, you're not rushing it. Everything, oh. every movement you're making, you're like correcting it as you go. So you never really make mistakes because you're like going that slow. Huh. Uh, but and you can, and you can translate that on defense where guys are hitting so hard and fast. Well, <laughs> it's just about trusting, uh, being balanced to a point where, where you can trust that you can get to other balls and then moving efficiently. Yeah. I had the, I did privates with the Tai Chi master and he uh, was just showing me how I drag my feet in the sand. He's like, you run in sand and you're just dragging your feet. Like it's slowing you down so much. So he kind of showed me movements and all these things to make it. So I was getting my feet up out of the sand and how it feels on my feet. So now when I warm up, I'm like trying to be light on the sand, you know, not dig in and I can feel when the sand's coming over my feet. And it's, I mean, my movement feels great. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I learned a lot more too, but I'm blanking on it now. I need to go look yeah. over my notes. That but I want to do it. I want to do it this next off season too. Yeah. Because also as an athlete, you're like, I can't go do another workout, like to go learn mm -hmm. this other sport or do martial arts. But this is, it's not a workout. You're moving yeah. so slow. It's a moving meditation. Yeah. And I'm trying to like bring that kind of meditative state to volleyball now so yeah to be able to learn how to move and you know usually you're meditating you're just sitting still yeah but now i'm like learning how to move feel my body while still being like mentally still yeah. so are you focusing on your breath when you're doing tai chi or are you focusing on the movement itself the movement it's like the feeling of it okay. so like you know the feeling of making a good move yeah you know uh so you're like you're trying to simulate that balanced feeling. Like when I, yeah. when I make a move for a ball, like throughout that, if I was to do it slowly, I could be like, okay, I want to feel like this at this step and this here, here. Mm -hmm. Whereas sometimes you're just like flailing. You're like, oh, that was not efficient at all. Yeah, yeah. So you're doing it so slow that you're noticing like how you feel here, how I feel here, you know, along the entire way. And then you can turn it into one move. And you just kind of always want to uh, be moving with that like, the Wu Chi feel, where you yeah. just like feel fully balanced. Like I can go any direction right now. Yeah. And you're like, you start to notice things like, oh, I'm gonna wait on the right. Like I can't go left right now if I'm like this. Yeah, that's awesome. It's cool. It's just coming. Well, and it more probably accelerates your learning on the court too, because if a coach points out, hey, this is what I'm seeing, mm -hmm. you're feeling it, and yep. can make the adjustment and feel the adjustment. Yeah. Not exactly. just rely on what the coach is telling you. Oh, that was right. Yep, exactly. That you actually have that better That's where it comes down to practice. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that feeling. Yeah. That move, right, we talked about this. We trained it. But most importantly, especially for me, like, I'm a feeler. So in the weight room, my coach, uh, my weight coach, like, has me doing moves. And he's like, your first two are always bad. <laughs> but then I don't, but I don't say anything. I never correct you. And then the next two are nicer, and by the end, the music is perfect. Because I'm always, like, feeling like, no, no, there it is. And then I just let it, you know, go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's cool stuff. So is that the same for you warming up in volleyball? <clears throat> Do you always start, like, at first yeah. not really I always, connecting? And I then... start all my workouts with, like, or my trainings with just, like, um, kind of jogging. And then I kind of do some of this Tai Chi, I, I don't want to do Tai Chi on the beach. I'm not, I'm not there <laughs> mentally yet. Or, okay. Yeah. You know, I can meditate around people, but 
Um, but yeah, just small stuff like that where I, where I stand up straight and I kind of shift weight to one foot, shift it to the other, and you're just noticing. And then like my defensive stance, which is just neutral, that's where I'm mostly feel, trying to feel that balanced. Yeah. Um, How does this feel when you are in your first training session after a long flight internationally? Like, do you, oh, is it a, yeah. it's super noticeable, right? Yeah, like just, you feel terrible. Yeah. After international travel, yeah. But that's the cool thing is, like, you, you start to notice, like, oh, yeah, I felt terrible. And then the next day, my body found it. Yeah. So you can trust yeah. it. You can be like, I feel like I had the worst practice of my life, and I have the biggest match of my life tomorrow, but I can trust that my body's going to find it. It's fine. Whereas, yeah. like, when you're younger, you might be like, this is not good. Like, yeah. I cannot play it, practice bad today because I have such a bad match tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Whereas yeah. now you're like, you've done it so much, you're like, my body's yeah. got this. It's got it. Don't yeah. worry about it. Do you, you think know? the Tai Chi helps you to kind of get where you want to be before a match after the international travel? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I haven't been on the world tour full time yet, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm actually leaving Sunday. Um, but I mean, it helps in every aspect. It's, it's like, a just, it's more of a mindfulness thing, but where yeah. you're connected to your body rather than just your being like in the present moment, you're like really in tune with your body and the movements. Yeah. It's cool. I would yeah. recommend it. I, next off season, I, I got to get right. back in there. Well, let me know who your Tai Chi master is. I'll jump in with <laughs> <Master> you. Master Z. <laughs> master Z. Yep. Okay. He's awesome. <laughs> Count me in. He's like one of the most brilliant people I've ever met too. And like absolutely knows how to train an elite athlete. Like yeah. I don't know how I came across the perfect guy. Yeah. It's crazy. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a bunch of volleyball players in there. We could get him on the podcast. Oh, do, yeah. Do a Tai Chi session. Master Z. Dude, be Master Z needs to name. come in here. <laughs> his, he's African. His real name is Enzazi Malanga, which is even better. Yeah. But yeah. then he's Master Z. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What form of meditation do you do? Single point? Um, I don't even know. I switch off. I just yeah. kind of like try whatever new things. Feeling. Yeah, whatever I'm feeling. I like um, Headspace and uh, Calm. I don't know if you use either of those apps. I think they're both pretty good. I've tried them. I, for me, I, the guided ones aren't really my thing. Yeah, they were. Like they just... help me because I'm so ADD. Like until yeah. I have a reminder, I'm like, oh god, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're basically saying like, come back. For the rest of <laughs> pretty <Yeah>. much. <laughs> Sorry, I was gone for a minute. I don't even know how I started thinking about I, whatever. <laughs> I loved them in the beginning, the guided ones, and then yeah. now I'm like, can you stop talking? Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> You're distracting like, get out me. Of my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I try a bunch of stuff. I don't, I'm not like, yeah. I haven't really mastered one way of doing it yet. Yeah. Um, but just learning a bunch, seeing what works, it's it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, have you, and, have you and Katie kind of, you outlined goals? What was your process for starting the season? Now that we're one tournament in, uh, any changes? Like, kind of what are we looking at for the next seven AVP events? Yeah, you know, rather than being really goal oriented I think we're really process oriented and you know even after the finish that we had in Huntington not being we're not yet where we want to be um it wasn't a matter of you know we need to redefine our goals and go for them it was more like hey let's look at our process and see if we're moving in the right direction or if we need to bend flex adapt Mm -hmm. course correct something like that so um 
there were a couple adjustments in our process that we wanted to make and made those and had a great week of training so far. Yeah. Um, so we'll kind of keep adjusting from there. But awesome. Yeah. And when are you heading into Austin? We're taking off Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So I hear there's some, is it a river or cold pools out there? Gosh, I forget the name. Yeah, no, it's super, it's great. Barton Springs. Yes. Um, I'd like to go there. It's nice and cold. <laughs> on Thursday. And yeah, it's a great place to just unwind. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that one. Are you? That was uh, Gina Urango uh, pointed me in that direction. So. Okay. Good the last time she, I... She's someone good if you need travel recommendations. Gina's yes. been, been to a lot of places. Yeah. She, she does a great job of, of making sure she explores the place that she goes to for volleyball. So yeah. if you ever need travel tips, Gina's got you. Totally. That's something the two of us always connect on is kind of that sense of adventure and yeah. being outside. You know, she loves the outdoors. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the best. Totally. Um, I know we've we've kept it here for a while, um, and especially away from your baby boy. Yeah, really. Um, although we're giving your uh, husband his space to watch the Warriors. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to bring up or chat about or anything we might have missed? This is a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you for awesome. having me. I yeah, really I appreciate thanks for coming it. Over. Yeah, thanks, you guys. And uh, where Love can it. our listeners follow along uh, on your journey? Um, social handle yeah on Instagram at Kim DiCello okay is the yeah best spot to find me awesome well we have uh, one question that we ask all of our guests before you go Uh, if you had to give one piece of advice to an up and coming beach volleyball player what would that piece of advice be can I take a second to think yeah for a time (laughs) take a time Try's gonna enjoy his new (laughs) sponsored water break monster hydro (laughs) I didn't see that there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah I'm gonna pull up the Sangcast Instagram you know proof that we had her here I think mine would just be to to stay really process oriented and um, not focus too much on the results um, if you're working on getting better and becoming a better athlete and a better person and a better teammate every day good things are gonna happen yeah um, and just kind of keep your keep your mind there because anything else is really just a distraction yeah and like we said too about you thought you made your biggest jump in 2013 and the results came 2014 so sometimes there is that little bit of uh tape delay yeah yeah yeah. so love that but thanks again for coming on Uh, this is awesome yeah i enjoyed it yeah thanks you guys have a great rest of the night yeah you too all right see you